Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare zumo play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iheart radio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson, we've got a tremendous podcast for you today. As Curtis Rogers, our good buddy out there in Seattle for 710 ESPN, the flagship affiliate of the Seattle Mariners. He also does Seattle Mariners pre- and post-game work. He's going to be joining me in the second segment. We're going to be looking at the intriguing storylines in the AL East and just what to expect from the season in general. Always love to be able to get his take, and he's going to be giving me some of the teams I think could surprise for the upcoming season as well. So that'll be in the second segment. In the final segment, going to give you a side in total on every game for the KBO and MPB betting board on Thursday morning. And a little something I like to call touch them all. First things first, always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. If there's something that you'd like answered, fire that into my timeline at GRS41. If you send these via DM, aka direct message, well, letters DM to me mean does not matter. Did not get in any today, but we did get quite a few results in the MPB and KBO Wednesday morning. So let's take a look back at them, try to find some trends, and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. You know what? Gabrielle Yanoa's the occult swallows were able to get the win over the Hanshin Tigers in the MPB. 9-5 to five was final in this one. Of oh, no, Justin Bohr has really been hitting the ball hard for Anshin. As that was fourth home run the team's last 10 games, his fifth of the campaign. And Alcides Escobar, 
Yes, the former Milwaukee Brewer slash Kansas City Royal. He gets his first home run of the campaign. And Gabriel, you know what? You know what? Not a bad start in this one. He goes five innings, gives up one run. The occult swallows bullpen was not necessarily great, giving up four runs in four innings. But for Sheen, Onyoki Garcia gives up four runs over the course of six innings. Bullpen from there, they give up four runs in three innings. So that was certainly a little bit brutal there. So the occult swallows were able to get that W. Another team that was able to get a W, the Chunichi Dragons at a low-scoring game against the Yakahoma Dana Bay Stars by a count of 2-1. to one. For the Bay Stars, they have been the best team in the MPB at being able to leave men on base, and they did so once again here as they wind scrambling a total of 9 men on base. Needless to say, that was not necessarily ideal. And for Chunichi, they were able to get a very good start in this one as Takahiro Matsuba was able to give the team five and a third innings, giving up one run bullpen from there. Three and two-thirds innings of scoreless baseball. And you got to feel for the base stars because Harihiro Hamaguchi was able to give the team a solid start. Two runs over the course of five and a third innings, bullpen from there. Two and two-thirds innings of scoreless baseball. But for the base stars, they're currently without Tyler Austin. That clearly showed in this one as they were unable to get that big hit to be able to bust this game open. Speaking of a team that was able to bust their game open, that'd be the Yamiori Giants. They take down the Hiroshima Carp by the count of 12 to 1. It was just a fish fry in this one. As for the Yamiori Giants, they were able to get a pair of home runs in this one. As you had a foreign-born player getting his first home run of the campaign, getting in on the act. Zealous Wheeler. Yeah, that's a very interesting name. He was able to get his first home run of the year. And then Kazuma Okamoto was able to get his seventh of the campaign as the Giants were able to get 12 runs out of 11 hits. And they were able to get a tremendous start in their young ace in Sosi Togo. He winds up going six innings of scoreless baseball bullpen. They close it out with three innings of one run baseball. And Chris with the K Johnson just was not good. Five runs over the course of five innings. And the Hiroshima Carp now have a bullpen ERA that is north of five. They give up six runs over the course of four innings. That certainly was not ideal. Speaking of not ideal, the pitching for the Chiba Lote Marines as they wind up falling to the Ham Fighters of Nippon by a count of 6-4. For the Ham Fighters, Christian Villanueva, the former San Diego Padre, he was able to go deep for his second home run of the year. He wound up getting a little bit of a late start to the year, but he is starting to blossom for the Fighters of Ham. Meanwhile, Leonis Martin, his second home run in as many games as fifth of the campaign. And in this one for Chiba Lote, they were hurt by quite a few errors in this one as two of the runs that they gave up were unearned. Their starter wound up going four and two-thirds inning giving up two earned runs and a couple unearned runs. That would be Kazuo Ojima who wound up getting the start in this one bullpen from there. They wind up giving up two runs over the course of four and a third innings. And for the Ham Fighters, you have to like the fact that they were able to get a little bit of something out of the bullpen as well. They wind up going a grand total of three innings and giving up no runs. And that was after Nick Martinez did not necessarily have his good stuff in this one. He goes six innings. He gives up four runs, five walks, along with five hits. So they were able to bend but not break with that regard. Speaking of a team that did not give at all, that would be the Fukuoka Soft Bangkok. They were able to get a 7-0 win over the Oryx Buffaloes for the Buffaloes. It was their two foreign-born hitters that were able to get those hits. Adam Jones was able to give one of them, and then you also had Edwin Rodriguez be able to get on base, but past that, there was just really nothing doing as Toyoshi Wada, the former Chicago Cup, won it over the course of six innings, surrendered. He was absolutely terrific. Bullpen from there, three scoreless, and Yu Suzuki did not give Oryx a bad start. I mean, this is a guy that had been struggling coming into this game. He gives up one run over the course of six innings. Floodgates open from there, though. This Oryx bullpen is another one that has an ERA that's hovering right around five. They give up six runs over the course of three innings. And this one, you were able to get a home run for the Fukuoku Soft Bangkok to be able to put this one out of reach as well. Seiji Ibeyashi was able to get his third home run of the campaign. Try saying that three times fast, so... 
That was certainly fascinating. And then you also had a massive blowout out there in the MPB as well. The Rakuten Golden Eagles take it to the Cebu Lions by a count of 11 to rock. Hidetu Asamura continues to lead the MPB in home runs. He bounces 10th of the campaign. This is a guy that has just been on absolute fire so far this year. And then you also take a look at what they were able to get out of their pitching as well. This was just an absolutely tremendous performance in this one as you had Hideki Wakiyu who winds up going seven innings giving up one hit no earned runs JT Jargois a scoreless inning as well and then you take a look at the Cebu Lions it did not go their way as the bullpen gives up four runs over the course of four innings and then you had Suye Imei who winds up going four innings giving up five runs all of which were earned out there in the process and then when you take a look at the KBO it was a pretty wild night out there as the Anwa Eagles were able to be your biggest underdog winner. They end up taking it to our good friends the Smiling Blobs by a count of 7-3. And this one for Anwa, once again, no home runs, but they were just able to do a good job of getting on base. They were able to get 11 hits in this one. And for the Smiling Blobs, they had two errors. Minsu Kim, who had been absolutely terrific. He had not allowed more than three runs in any one of his starts. He got chilled in this one. He gives up six runs over the course of five innings. Blobs' bullpen, surprisingly, was not bad. They go four innings. They give up one run. That's actually quite solid. But how about Bumsu Kim? He was able to get the victory in this one. Five and two-thirds innings, giving up one run. Bullpen from there. They give up two runs over the course of three and a third innings for the smiling Blobs. Mel Ross ended up one of four in this one, and the team was not able to get any home runs. A little bit contrary to what we've seen out of this team recently. The SK Wyverns got off to a promising start against the Doosan Bears, getting up two to nothing. And then from there, it went downhill as the Bears were able to get a 72 win. And Raul Alcantara, how about what this guy is doing? 9-1 record, 3-1-3 ERA. In this one, he winds up going a grand total of six innings. He gives up two runs in the process. And for Dusan, they were able to do a very good job out in the bullpen. A combined three innings of scoreless baseball. And for the SK Wyverns, Juan Ricardo Pinto wound up getting absolutely lit up. Five runs over the course of five innings, all of which were earned. Good news is he kept down the walks. He only gave up two of them. So that was good. And for the Wyverns, bullpen, it wasn't necessarily great. They wind up going three innings. They give up two runs in the process. And for SK, the good news for this team is that Dongmin Han is back to full. The bad news is he wound up going 0-4 in this contest. And for the Doosan Bears, they were able to get a home run off the bat of Kinwoo Park, who has been all of a sudden doing an absolutely terrific job. He's hitting right around 320, his sixth home run of the campaign. You take a look at the NC Dinos. They've all of a sudden lost back-to-back -back games. The Kiwoom Heroes are able to get a 7-4 win over them. And this, despite the fact that Eric Jokic wound up erasing his ERA. He goes seven innings. He gives up three runs. He has given up four runs in his start so far this year, but that was when some of those runs were unearned. He has given up three earned runs or fewer in every one of his starts so far this year. Guy has been absolutely amazing. And for the NC Dinos, they were playing without Sungbum Na, but they were able to get a home run in this one. You got to give credit to... Janok, no. He said, oh yes, to a three-run home run. This is someone that has all been son been able to heat up. He's got three home runs over the team's last five games. In that five-game stretch as well, he's been able to give the team nine RBIs, so that certainly has been good, but what's not good, the NC Dinos bullpen. They actually get a decent start out of Sung Young Choi. He gives up two runs over the course of five innings, straining the bases loaded twice, but in this one, bullpen goes three innings. They give up five runs, all of which were Heroes, they give up one run in two innings out of the bullpen. Certainly the difference in that one. The difference for the LG Twins was just pounding the tar out of Adrian Sampson. They were able to get a 9-3 win. Adrian Sampson, by the way, had an ERA hovering right around a 5-8 to a 5-9 in the MLB last season. His ERA for low day now is 6-5-0. This is someone that's unfortunately dealing with the death of his father. You gotta think that there's more on the mind right now than baseball. He just got yelled in this one. Four and a third innings. 
eight runs, all of which were earned. I mean, you really feel bad for the guy at this point, but you gotta bet what's available, and the LG Twins, they were able to take it to him, as for the Twins, they were able to get a home run off the bat of Hunsu Kim. The hit machine has really been getting something going. That is his 11th home run of the campaign. He had 11 home runs all of last season. This is a guy that all of a sudden has really been able to heat up with regards to the bat. That is his sixth home run over the team's last 11 games, so he has been doing a good job. Roberto Ramos only went one of five, but the rest of the guys were able to do a very solid job of just being able to give him a little bit of support as it looks like every one of the starters in this game, aside from the nine-hole hitter who did not get a single at-bat, got a hit in this one, so needless to say, they were very good there. And for Tyler Wilson, he winds up going six innings, giving up two runs of the process, bullpen from there for LG, which has been struggling, one run over the course of three innings. And then you had the Kia Tigers. See you in a Kia as they were able to get a 5-2 win over the Samsung Lions. For the Kia Tigers, they were able to blow things open in the ninth inning with a three spot. Drew Gagillon, it's not certain in this one. Five and two thirds innings, he gives up two runs, but what was really big was the bullpen. Three and a third innings of scoreless baseball. And for the Samsung Lions, a team that has by and large really had the best bullpen out there in the KBL along with Kiwo Miro so far this year, they wind up going three and a third innings to give up four runs, all of which were earned. That weighs a very good start from Jungun Beck, who winds up going five and two thirds innings. He gave up a run, but it was an unearned run. But in this one, it was so old that wound up giving up the difference-making home run as Hong Woo Choi was able to do it. A three-run shot. He has all of a sudden been doing very good for Kia. That is his 10th home run of the campaign, the difference in the game. So that is what we all saw from the MPB and KBO on Wednesday morning. Now let's talk about baseball here in the States. Let's get ready for the upcoming season. Talk about the AOS and so much more with our good buddy Curtis Rogers of 710 ESPN Premium Post Game. Post for them on the other side right here on the Baseball Bang Podcast. Myself, Craig Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. Greg, we are back here in Mobile Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. It is great to be joined by our next guest. He has joined me quite a few times on this podcast, and it is because he does an absolutely terrific job. He is out there with 710 ESPN contributor for the John Clayton Show. He also does pre- and post-game work for the Seattle Mariners as well. So we are going to be hearing him back in action relatively soon. And he's got a great Twitter handle, at a kid from Ken. As it is, Curtis Rogers joining me right here on the podcast. And Curtis, I'm sure you, much like myself, are shopping at the bit for baseball to be back in our lives here in the States next week. Great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Chomping at the bit, Greg. It's something that we've discussed over the last couple of months ever since the sporting world shut down just how we miss it this time of year and i mean this would have been the all-star game if all had shaken out the way we had anticipated it would at the beginning of the season but baseball is almost here we're about a week and a half away and seeing all these summer camp videos of teams getting back together at stadiums yeah there's no fans there but it feels good to see bats on balls and guys throwing the balls around it's a good sight to see right now Absolutely. First things first, you do mention the All-Star game. I know that Bob Nightingale tweeted like 15 million times like before the season was set to start. It's like, oh, the All-Star game is still slated for this. All-Star game has been canceled. Oh, no. And it's like the SpongeBob gift. You break out the rainbow and it says, nobody cares. Because <laughs> believe me, if we had a regular baseball season, but no All-Star game, I don't think anyone would truly be sad. But with that said, back at the desk at hand with regards to just the season in general. I think it is very intriguing with the division that you cover in the AOS. I think that we'll both agree 
This is probably not going to be the Seattle Mariners here, but I do think that there's a lot of intriguing storylines out there. Obviously, the Houston Astros and how the league is going to be treating them after the sign-stealing scandal and everything like that. But I look at the Angels, and I think that Shoy Otani being back to both being a pitcher and hitter is something very big, coupled with Anthony Rendon and Joe Madden being added to the mix. The Texas Rangers, as long as Joey Gallo is able to recover from COVID-19, because we know that he went ill with that, but we're talking about how anything could happen during a 60-game sample size. If you would have voted on the AL MVP after 60 games for the 2019 season, Joey Gallo has to be a top three guy. You add in there Corey Kluber, Mike Miner is still in the mix. All of a sudden, you've got something with the Texas Rangers, and we know all the young pitching that the Oakland A's have. I think that the AL West is very sneakily one of the best divisions out there in baseball. I have to agree with you, Greg. I think it is a tremendously deep division. Obviously, we know what the Astros are capable of, and that's even without, you know, a banging scheme helping them out, you know, in big ways. They still have Justin Verlander. They've got Zach Greinke at the top of that rotation. They get Lance McCullers back, too, this season. They're obviously going to be a force to be reckoned with over the course of these 60 games. The A's are going to get a full season of Sean Manaya back. You know, they're also going to get Frankie Montas back, too, who was suspended last year for PEDs halfway through the year. So they're going to get him back. Jesus Lazardo, when he, you know, joins the team, gets healthy here. He's going to be a nice piece in that rotation, too. So there are just tons and tons of guys in the American League West right now. You mentioned Texas. Obviously, they're hoping for a bounce back with Corey Kluber, and they got him very cheap. Uh, you know, they gave up very little to get a two-time Cy Young Award winner who's just a season removed from being one of the top flight pitchers in the American League. And you bring up the Angels, too, with their addition of Anthony Rendon. And then you've got Joe Adele really close to the Major League level right now. I think the Angels, their offense is going to put up numbers in a big way. Tommy LaStella, who was a very under-the-radar player last year in the season's first half, he hit an absurd number of home runs for Tommy LaStella's sake. He comes back healthy this season, so it'll be interesting to watch how he gets going. The Mariners... The team I cover the closest, you know, they're going to have a lot of young guys, sort of that first wave of their minor league system coming up. The Kyle Lewis's of the world who he made his impression the last couple of weeks of the season last year. I think he hit six home runs at the major league level. I think he had one in each of his first three games in the major league. So he looked good. Maybe Logan Gilbert, a first round pick of a couple of years ago, a starting pitcher. But I think the guys who everybody kind of is anticipating in a big way, the Jared Kelnicks of the world and, and Julio Rodriguez. Kelnick may be up at the end of the year. Rodriguez, I think, is still at least a full season away. So it's going to be a while before we start to see the jewels of the Mariners minor league system. But the guys are coming, and so that's going to add to the talent level in the American League West, and it's going to make things even tighter, I think, near the end of the season and going into 2021. I totally agree with you, guys. We do have Curtis Rogers, who does pre- and post-game work for the Seattle Mariners, joining me right on the podcast. And when I'm just taking a look at this season in general, what I think is going to be so intriguing is looking for the teams that might have a little bit of an edge, because I've been saying it on this podcast for quite a while now. I just don't think that these starting pitchers are going to be really up to their normal shape until about a month or so into the year. I think that it's going to take a few starts for these guys to be able to stretch themselves out, to be able to go their normal 100-plus pitches, even a guy like a Max Scherz or a guy like a Garrett Cole. I think that they're not going to be able to go as deep as they typically do in games. I think that that gives a big advantage to these teams like the Milwaukee Brewers, the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm even taking a look out there in the NL West at the San Diego Padres, a team that has done a very good job with regards to their bullpen. I like the fact that they brought back Drew Pomerantz. I think that these are the teams that are the biggest beneficiaries, other than the New York Yankees, because obviously they got everyone healthy during this long hiatus. But I think that these are the teams 
they really benefit from the situation that we have at hand, a shortened 60-game season, which you have to ramp up very fast for. Yeah, and I think there's going to be an added emphasis here early on in the season with the 30-man rosters as they you know, dwindle it down. I think we're going to see a lot of teams sort of stock up on pitchers. I know here in Seattle, Jerry DePoto and, and Scott Service have kind of mentioned they want to have about 17 or so pitchers on that initial opening day roster, 17 of 30 players, you know, just pitchers. I could see teams that are in contending spots, you know, try to go with even more pitchers just to shore things up because it's going to be so unpredictable this year, especially bullpens. You know, bullpens in any year are the most unpredictable thing in baseball. And in a season where everything has been thrown into chaos and no one knows what this league is going to look like come opening day here in a week and a half. You got to have some sort of stability in that bullpen and relief pitchers are such creatures of habit to where if they can't count on themselves, if they can't count on that routine that they've built up over the course of their career, then we're going to see a lot of crazy games, you know, in the seventh, eighth and ninth innings. I think we even saw that in Taiwan and in Korea games where you hand it over to the bullpen and it falls apart on you. And I think that's, you know, a universal language throughout baseball is that relief pitchers are so unpredictable and you just cannot anticipate what they're going to do. So to me, I look at how these teams are going to build their rosters when they get that 30-man eligibility come opening day. I think we're going to see a lot of pitchers. I think it's going to be much tougher this transition to a 60-game season on the pitchers because more is going to be expected of them then I would say the hitters, I think hitting, you know, you can pick up a bat and, and get your timing much easier than it is building up that velocity, building up the stamina to go with the velocity that a lot of these starting pitchers are going to be looking towards. I've seen a few teams out there sort of tinker with the idea of a six-man starting rotation, too, in order to get their starting pitchers more rest, in order to get them better acclimated to the shorter season. Teams that have deep pitching are going to go far. I mean, obviously, that's normal with a 162-game season, but I think that is going to be even more so the case here in 2020. I'm in total agreement with you here, and I do think it's going to be so fascinating as to what's going to be happening from a hitting aspect as well, because something that I've noticed from the KBO is that we've seen a lot of guys go down with hamstring injuries. I think it's just going to be so imperative that these guys stay healthy in general. So I'm talking about the depth with regards to pitching being important, but I think that just position players in general is going to be big, and that's why I take a look at the designated hitter in the National League being such a big deal, because now if a guy is not necessarily running so great, instead of having to either play him in the outfield, play him at first base, or just completely take him off the field, you're able to put them at the DH spot. And a team that I think that that really benefits is the Cincinnati Reds, a team that it looked like they had four outfielders for three spots when they wound up making their offseason acquisitions. Getting Nick Cassianos was obviously big for them. So I take a look at that as being a big impact for this upcoming season as well, something that I think most people thought was going to be coming the universal designated hitter. This pandemic just wound up speeding it up a little bit, though. Yeah, and uh, you know, you look at teams that are kind of slated to be or at least playoff baseball teams. I would say you look at the Yankees, their outfield situation, where you've got like five or six guys that could be a starting outfielder on any old team. I think you know Brett Gardner would be any team's starting left fielder if given the chance, and yet he's probably going to be coming off the bench for the Yankees. You know, you got Aaron Judge and Carlos Santon, Aaron Hicks, Clint Frazier, who may not even be on, you know, the major league roster for the Yankees, you know, come opening day. It's just amazing the amount of depth that they have. It's going to be so incredibly important. I mean, we talked about this with the pitchers just a little bit ago, but there's going to be players that test positive during the season. And when they do test positive, they're going to be out for 
at least a week, probably more than that. And you got to find enough depth to make up for that big hole in your lineup. And if you don't have that right now, that could really, you know, hamper a team's playoff hopes. So, you know, you look at the Dodgers, they're another team that's incredibly deep, especially in the outfield. They nearly traded away Jock Peterson in the offseason because they just had so many outfielders. A.J. Pollock was a big free agent signing of theirs heading into the 2019 season. I don't see a starting spot for him in their outfield right now. You've got Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, and probably Jock Peterson out in left field, something like that. You know, A.J. Pollock brought over in free agency. I think he signed like a $60 million deal or something, and that's going to be your fourth outfielder over in L.A. You look at that, and it seems like an overpay, but in this weird cloud that's going to hang over the 2020 season, you kind of need somebody like that in order to make up for a potential deficiency in your lineup if somebody were to test positive during the season. And obviously, we're never going to know if somebody tests positive unless they give permission, but it's going to be weird seeing guys who aren't hurt just kind of leave their team for a couple of weeks and no one gets to say anything about it. You can obviously infer about it, but teams like you know the Yankees and Dodgers, it is chalk to kind of pick them right now as World Series favorites, but their depth is just at such a point where it's going to really help them out. It's unfortunate that we have to say, oh, you know, they're going to be really great if somebody, you know, gets infected on their team, but that's the reality in which we live in. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It certainly will be something if it's like Christian Yelich is out of the fold for the Milwaukee Brewers for the next three weeks. Injury, undisclosed. He did not yeah. get hurt running around the bases or anything like that. It's like, uh, I wonder what happened here, as we do have Curtis Rogers joining me right here on the podcast. And Curtis, is there anything else that you're looking at for the upcoming season? I do think that it's good that you point out that you think that the Yankees are going to win the American League. I certainly do think that that is the case. I don't know if the National, I don't know if the Dodgers are as much of a slam dunk in the National League. I do think that there's going to be more competition, but obviously. That team is going to be a juggernaut as well. But I do think that this is a year in which anything could happen. I do think that a team that maybe doesn't necessarily have as much experience in 162-game setting, it might benefit them a little bit because they're not going to fall into bad habits. They're going to be not breaking their normal routine as much. I'm looking at a team like the Chicago White Sox, despite the fact that Michael Kopech wound up opting out of the season. The Toronto Blue Jays bringing in Hunjin Rue, who I think is actually going to be terrific this year because he's a more economical pitcher. He doesn't issue too many walks in a day and age this year in which I think that pitch counts are going to be so big, and I think it's going to be tougher to go deep into games. I think the, these guys that they just throw a lot of strikes are going to go a little bit deeper, provide that depth that's going to be big. And I look at those sorts of teams as perhaps being ones that could surprise. I look at a team like the A's in the American League as one that I'm going to be watching for closely at the beginning of the season. I think they're a team that historically has gotten off to slow starts, especially in the last couple of seasons, and then they've been able to turn it on in a big way and have really picked up a lot of heat in the second half of the season, but that's just not going to be the case in 2020 where there is really no second half, so to speak, of the season you got to get out to a quick start, and that's something that the A's have not been able to do over the last couple of years. They obviously have great talent. They've got guys who are Gold Glove winners and MVP candidates, Marcus Semien. You've got Matt Chapman, Matt Olson. They've got Ramon Laureano, who I think a lot of people sleep on too, the incredible outfielder who can go get it with the best of them and has a rocket arm. I think that is a team that is going to really be an interesting one to watch in 2020. In the National League, I am going to pinpoint a team that made a little bit of a free agency splash, and that would be the Philadelphia Phillies. They signed Zach Wheeler, added him to that rotation of theirs that is anchored by Aaron Nola. 
But I think the biggest addition they made was in the managerial role. They got rid of Gabe Kapler, who I'm not really sold on as a major league manager. Obviously, he still is managing a team in the bigs with the San Francisco Giants. But I think Joe Girardi is a huge upgrade over what Gabe Kapler was in Philadelphia, not just from an on-field managerial standpoint, but what he can bring to a clubhouse. There's you know, sort of a business-like approach that Joe Girardi has to managing a ball club. And that's somebody who's been through the fire. He's been through it all with the Yankees over the last decade. He even managed himself to a National League Manager of the Year award back with the Marlins way back when. That move made by the Phillies is somebody that I think can steady that ship and make sure that they don't succumb to the second-half collapse that they had last year. Because if you look at the standings in 2019, I mean, the Phillies were right there neck and neck up until about the All-Star break, and then things just went so sour for them. I think Joe Girardi is going to be something to watch for in Philadelphia that really gets things going and gets the best out of those players because there's a lot of talent on that ball club. You know, obviously Bryce Harper is the big name, but guys like Reese Hoskins, JT Real Muto, even Gene Segura at shortstop, all those guys are players that I think could really, really get it going when needed. And I think Philadelphia can be a team that if things break right for them, they can maybe sneak into the National League playoffs. And I do think that we have to call a spade a spade here. I think that a ham sandwich could do a better job of managing that Philadelphia Philly scene than Gabe <laughs> Kapler. But I am right there with you. I do think that Joe Girardi is a very good manager. Obviously, I think that Bryce Harper, a guy with a lot of intensity, is going to be able to do some good things for the Philadelphia Phillies. You bring in their Didi Gregorius. I certainly do like where they're heading in a National League East. That is going to be very interesting. And a man that always does terrific work. That'd be you, Curtis. So I'd like to close it up with this. I know that you do your Seattle Sports Night and your Seattle Sports Saturday podcast. Obviously, you contribute for the John Clayton Show and the Seattle Mariners with pre- and post-game work. So let the good people at home know where they're able to follow you on social media and just what's coming up on the docket for Curtis in general. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at a kid from Kent. Like you said, Mariners pre- and post-game coming up in about a week and a half. It's going to be really exciting to get back to it. It's going to be a little bit different because we're all just going to be in kind of different parts of the world doing this thing. But we're excited to get going in a week and a half and just to be talking baseball Every single day, it's so exciting to finally be able to to do this after such a long, long time away from sports. Yeah, really exciting stuff going on. You can also download Seattle Sports Saturday, Seattle Sports Night, or the John Clayton Show. You can download those wherever it is you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever it is. And Curtis does a great job with all those things. Always love to be able to get him on this podcast. So big thanks to Curtis Rogers for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. And now it is that time the podcast to give you a signing total on every game on the MPB and KBO betting boards for Thursday morning and a little something I like to call Touch Em All. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And a big thanks to Curtis Rogers for joining me right here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Always great to get him on this podcast. And always great to give you guys some picks as it is that time of this fine podcast. They give you a side and total on every game for Thursday morning's MPB and KBO betting boards and a little something I like to call Touch Em All. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do you know if any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRSquarty1. Usual disclaimer that really aside from Pinnacle, you're going with the pitcher and the pitcher only here, so 
let's say, for the Dana Bay Stars versus the Chunichi Dragons game. An actual dragon winds up coming out and pitching for the Chunichi Dragons. Well, congratulations. You're stuck with our good buddy, the Dragons. So there is that. And as per usual, we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. We're going to be starting with the MPB because they've got lower rotation numbers. And their games start at 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern. Meanwhile, with the KBO, they start at 5.30 a.m. Eastern, 2.30 a.m. Pacific. So that's a reason for that. And we begin with 304-125-304-126. The Junichi Dragons are going to be playing those the Yokohama Dana Bay Stars. You're going to be finding both sides either at minus 109 or minus 110. At Circa, you get one penny of extra juice. So, yippee skippy there. Your total on this game is 8. Overs anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The unders anywhere between even minus 105. You're starting pitching matchup for this one. Yochiro Okano is going to be going for Junichi. Meanwhile, Ku Nakagawa is going to be going for the Bay Stars. And both these guys have an ERA that is north of six. And you've got a pair of guys that they are very young and are very inexperienced when it comes to the KBO. So I do find that to be very interesting. Neither of these bullpens, I would necessarily say, is lights out. And with the Bay Stars, they have been dealing with an injury to Tyler Austin. He has not played the last three games for this team. And this is a team that right now they lead the MPB with regards to men stranded on base. I do think that that's going to turn around and... I do think it's going to turn around once Jose Lopez begins to hit because this is a guy that's hitting right around at 225. Just as up and good. I will say this. Naftali Soto has been terrific for the team. Five home runs, 15 RBI. He's hitting just below a 350 size. Been rock solid. But you take a look at our good buddy Nakagawa. He's made one appearance so far this year. And he's got a 12 ERA to show for it. This is someone that during the 2019 campaign was mostly pitching in the minor leagues of the MPB and was dominant at that level. He had a 2.25 ERA, 11-3 record over the course of 20 starts. Wasn't necessarily going long, a little bit more than five innings per start. If you take a look at his first start for 2020, three innings and he just wound up getting shelled. And if you take a look at the three starts that he made at the MPB major league level in 2019, eh, they were anywhere between one and two innings apiece as he wound up going a grand total of five innings. So it's a little bit of a jury's out situation. He's always been a guy that gives up a lot of walks, but is able to keep the ball in the yard at the lower level. So I do find that to be a little bit intriguing. And then when you take a look at what Junichi is going to be sending out there, it is going to be fascinating because this is a team that all of a sudden has been getting something out of Dayon Viciato. He has seven out of the team, 13 home runs so far this year. This is not much of a power hitting team, but Ariel Martinez is starting to give the team a little bit of something. He's a form-born bat that has recently come into the fold. He's been hitting a 400 ever since they've gotten him, but you take a look at Yojiro Okano. He has got a 6.43 ERA for the campaign. Three starts, 14 total innings. He's only given up one home run, but he has given up six walks as well. You take a look at this guy. He's been able to get some swings and misses, but it's one of these situations in which you're like, what are you going to be able to get out of him? Because he really pitched at no level of baseball in his career prior to the 2020 season. He was not out there in the KBO. He wasn't out there in some other league like the CPBL or anything like that. So... It's one of these situations in which I have to give the deficit of the doubt here to O'Connor. I do know that the base stars are dealing with a couple moving parts, especially with Tyler Austin being out of the fold, but I do think that they should be able to get to O'Connor. This is a Chunichi bullpen that has been good the last couple 
days, but I think that it's going to get chilled in this one due to overwork. So for that reason, we are saying a baby to the Dana Bay Stars, and we are going to be going with this total over as well. We move on to 304-127, 304-128. If you're looking to get some fish into your betting diet, this is going to be your best chance at it, as the Yamiori Giants are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Hiroshima Carp. If you are looking at the Carp, you are going to be getting anywhere between plus 125 and plus 130. With Yamiori, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 145 and minus 150. Your total on this game is 8.5. With the 8.5, the over and under are both at minus 110. It is going to be one Christopher Mercedes, and he goes by like five different last names. So just search Yamiori Christopher if you're looking to do a little bit of research on your own time with this guy, but Christopher is going to be taking the mound for him. You've got a Fossil Carbona situation there, and then it's going to be Kazuki Yubata, who's going to be going for the carp, and Mr. Yabuta is someone with, for one, a very fascinating last name, but I do think that this is actually going to be a little bit of a good spot for him. You take a look at this Hiroshima carp team, they've been able to do a very good job of being able to provide some pop. You've got C.I. Suzuki, who has been just absolutely tremendous for this team so far this year. You take a look at the way that he has been swinging his spot bat. He has a batting average that's hovering right around a 350 on base, nearly a 450. Six home runs, 16 RBI. He has been rock solid. And then that is going to be in relief of Mr. Yabuda, who you gotta figure is gonna be an opener in this spot. He has made five appearances so far this year, grand total of five and a third innings, but he is a guy that he does have a little bit of experience with starting. You take a look at what he did during the 2019 season. He wound up having a six and eight record. He had a 398 ERA, 20 total appearances, 92 and two thirds innings. So I think that this is a spot in which he's going to be like an opener plus and then toss it over to a little bit of long relief. And I think that you could do worse for, I guess, what you could call an opener plus for his career out there at the MPB level. 21-9 and nine record, 361 ERA, and he does a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. Gives up less than a home run per nine innings. Walks are an issue. He gives up right around five walks per nine innings, so that is something that could lend him to being out of this game a little bit earlier, but you take a look at what you're getting with regards to this Hiroshima Carp team in general. They have been giving up a couple runs out the bullpen. Taylor Scott, who comes over from the Seattle Mariners and Baltimore Orioles, he has just been a hot mess. Five appearances, and he's got a 21 ERA. No way fans are butts about it. That is certainly not going to be able to get the job done. But then you take a look at some of these other guys like a Sotiro Samaguchi. He has been able to do a solid job out there along with Geronimo. Franzua was able to give you multiple innings. And then you got Jose Perella in the lineup who's been inning nearly at 300 as well. So I do think that you're in good hands there. Meanwhile, you take a look at the Yamiori Giants. They were able to put up double digits for the team Wednesday morning. But I do think that Christopher Mercedes, who is listed in baseball reference as Christopher Chris Tomo, which, like I said, you've got a Faso Carmona situation. You don't know what this guy's name is. Just search Christopher Yamiori. Well, he's been a little bit up and down. He actually pitched for the Tampa Bay Rays in the mid-2000s. During the 2019 campaign with Yamiori, he was... Pretty average, 8-8 record, a little bit above a 3-5 ERA. Did give up 0.9 home runs and 2.1 walks per 9 innings, which is solid, but 10.2 hits per 9. He certainly lends himself to contact, and the Hiroshima Carp, they do a very good job of making said contact with the Yamiori Giants. They also had to use up a lot of their trustworthy bullpen arms the past couple days in this series. They are currently without Ruby De La Rosa, who's out due to injury. Yes, the former MLB pitcher, and this is a team that they've got a little bit pop in their bats as well. You've got to like the fact that Gerardo Parra has been able to give the team right around a 300 batting average. Hayatu Sakamoto has not really gotten it going so far this year. Just three home runs and a 227 batting average after he was the MVP out there in this league during the 2019 season. But 
Kazuma Okamoto has really been able to pick it up. 360 batting average on base, a little bit above a 400. He's now got seven home runs on the campaign. You take a look at what he did during the 2019 season. No doubt he was pretty rock solid. He had a 265 batting average. He was able to give the team 31 bombs, but he's really on pace for a very good year this year. But with that said, I do think that the Carp are going to be able to do a good job of being able to piecemeal this game together. I do think that Mercedes is going to come out and he's going to be able to give a decent start, but I actually think the Carp are going to be able to hold down the fort. I think that they're just going to go with the death by a million cuts sort of approach to be able to get this win. So for that reason, I'm going to be going with this total under and we are going to be getting some fish in our betting diet as we are going to be going with the carp. We move on to 304, 129, 304, 130. They're not Golden Eagles. They're going to be playing to the Cebu Lions. If you're taking a look at the Cebu Lions, you're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 145 and plus 150. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Golden Eagles, anywhere between minus 165 and minus 170 with your total on this game, hovering a little bit. You're mostly finding nines now. There were a couple nine and a halfs out there. And with the nines, over and under are both at minus 110. Your starting pitching matchup for this one, going for the Cebu Lions, it is going to be Kona Takahashi, and it is going to be Hayato Yuge, who's going to be going for the Rakuten Golden Eagles. And Mr. Yuge has been doing a very good job for this team so far this year. 2 and 1 record, 289 ERA. He does a nice job of being able to limit the hard contact, and he's backed up by the best bullpen out there in the MPP. You take a look at the Rakuten Golden Eagles. They've got a bullpen ERA that is a sub 225. They have been absolutely tremendous so far this year. And with Yuge, he is a young 26 year old guy that has made three starts so far this year and given good length. 18 and two thirds innings. Sometimes does give up the long ball. He has given up three home runs, which is why he's got the ERA that he currently does. But during his first year out there in the MPB during the 2019 campaign, was 3-0 at the minor league level when he was pitching at the majors. He went 3-3 and he held his own. 374 ERA. Over the course of eight starts, he wound up going 43 and a third innings. And he only gave up one home run and 1.9 walks per nine innings. So I really like what he's able to deliver with that regard. And then with Rakuten, you've got to love the fact that this is a team that they do a great job of just being able to find a way on base. As a team, they're hitting right around a 280 and their on base percentage is north of a 360. Despite the fact that Jabari Mari Blash is only hitting right around at 220. His on-base percentage is north of a 360. Stefan Romero, he's got an on-base that's hovering right around a 425. He's been able to give the team four bombs, but how about this? Hadetu Asamura is just lighting the MPB on fire. Now, a league-leading 10 home runs. He's got the most RBI out there in the MPB. On-base percentage hovering right around a 430. He has been absolutely amazing. And then you take a look at the Cebu Lions, though, and I actually do think that they've got a shot at being able to hold in this one. I think the Corey Spangenberg is eventually going to be able to bust out. This is a guy that's only hitting a 240 with three home runs so far this season, but Takumi Kuriyama has been able to give the team right around a 317 batting average on base of a 434. This is a team that right now leads the MPB with regards to walks drawn per at bat, so I do think that that's a little bit promising for this team. And you take a look at what they're going to be able to get out of the starter and Mr. Takahashi. This guy is only 23 years old. During the 2019 season, he was pretty solid for the team. 10-6. and six. He did pitch a little bit worse than that record would indicate. A 4.51 ERA. And I will say this as well. The fielding did not help him about a runs per nine of a 5-6. So there weren't a lot of guys that were giving him aid, but he was able to go right around six innings per start, and he did a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up .9 home runs per nine innings. He was hit quite a bit, 10.5 hits per nine innings, but we know this. With Rakuten, they're a team that they really capitalize on being able to draw those walks, and he does a good job of being able to cut those off. And then when you take a look at this team, they also have 
pretty much the best foreign-born reliever out there in the MPB in Reed Garrett. He's made 10 appearances already so far this year. A .9 ERA. He's pretty much automatic when he comes into a game. I really do like the bullpen of the Cebu Lions. They wound up saving a lot of their trustworthy arms for this game because they sort of knew that that game was going to be getting away from them a little bit, which I do like. And I do think that this is actually a very good spot for Cebu to be able to win a lower scoring game against Raccoon. I think that they're going to do a good job of keeping them off the bases. I do think that you could have Awesome Murrow wind up giving the team a solo shot, but I think that the Lions in the end are just going to be able to go death by a million cuts. I think that they're going to be able to get those small hits. I think that they have just enough to be able to get the job done. So for that reason, we're going to be going with the Lions of Cebu and we're going to be going with this total under as well. We move on to 304-131-304-132. The Occult Swallows of Tokyo are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Hanchin Tigers. If you're looking at the Tigers of Hanchin, you're going to be finding them pretty much across the board at even money. If you're looking at the Occult Swallows, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120, as I'm seeing a minus 105 on the Tigers as well, and your total on this game is 8. If you're looking at the over on the 8, that is just a minus 115. The under is minus 105. Your starting pitching matchup for this one going for the Swallows of the Occult, and it's going to be Kenji Takahashi and it is going to be Kenichi Nakata who's going to be going for the Hanchin Tigers and for the Tigers it's really been a hodgepodge so far this year. God love the fact that Justin Bohr has been able to get things going. He's got five home runs on the campaign but four of those have come in the last 10 days and that's despite the fact that Hanchin has had a couple rainouts in between so I do like the way that he's been able to perform. Kosuke Fukudome has been in and out of the fold all year long. This is a guy that he's just anxious at this point. I mean we remember he wasn't that great with the Cubs. He has hung around and he's 43 years old, so give him credit for still getting checks. He's like the Nolan Ryan of the MPB with how old he is. I mean, I guess you could maybe call him the Julio Franco since he is a position player, but with that said, he's still out there getting paychecks. I give him a little bit of credit, and then Jeffrey Marte has been able to do a solid job. He's been missing over the last couple days for this team, but he's been able to hit a 300, but Jerry Sands, in his absence, has been able to step up. 257 batting average. He was hitting right at the Mendoza line like three days ago, so he's been able to pick things up, and then with the Hanchin Tigers, what you have to be nervous about is a bullpen. It certainly has looked better recently, but for the year, it still has a bullpen ERA right around a 4-5, so that is a little bit of note. And then you've got Kenichi Nakata, who is 37 years old. He's made one start so far this year. In that start, he wound up going four innings. He gave up three runs. This is just a guy that's going to get hit, and he's going to get hit pretty hard. You take a look at what he did during the 2019 season with the South Bangkoks. He wound up having a 6-3 record out there at the minor league level, and at the major league level, he only made one appearance. So, you have to go all the way back to 2018 to be able to find viable stats on him at a professional MPB level. He was able to give the team a 5-3 record, but 5-20 ERA in 23 starts, 91 and two-thirds innings, giving up 1.3 home runs and 8.5 hits per 9 innings, and 5.6 walks. So, there's just not a lot of redeeming qualities here, but I do like the fact that they have been able to pick things up recently, especially with their bats. And then you take a look at the Occult Swallows. This is a team that their bullpen is atrocious, and they wound up having to use up a lot of those arms in their win Wednesday morning. So that is certainly of note. And you really can't have a lot of faith with the Occult Swallows and their starter either. You take a look at what you're going to be able to get out of their man in Takahashi. He's a 23-year-old that's made one start so far this year. He went five innings. He gave up two runs in the process. So you have to go back to what he was able to do during the 2019 campaign. 4-6 record, 5.76 ERA, 6.42 runs allowed per 9 innings, 20 starts, 95 and a third innings, gave up 1.3 home runs and 5 walks per 9 innings. That is not good. 
That is not good at all. You've got Poopy Pitcher versus Poopy Pitcher. And with the Hanshin Tigers, they've done a good job of being able to kick up the offense. What I do like about the Yakult Swells as well is that you've got the Far East Milwaukee Brewers movement. Alcides Escobar was able to give the team a home run Wednesday morning. And then you've got Norishka. Don't call me Steve Aoki. He's been able to hit right around 300 for this bunch. He's got a quadrant of home runs so far this year. But you do have to note that Naomichi Nushiura, after getting five home runs to start out the year, he's been going a little bit cold for this bunch. This is a Yakult team that, as a collective, has been able to do a good job of being able to draw walks with a 331 on base, hovering right around a 250 with regards to the batting average, but I do think that Hanshin is going to be able to get the job done in this spot just because Yakult had to burn up a lot of their relievers in this spot. I trust in the Wiley veteran in Nakata along with the home field advantage because fans are back in the stands in Japan a little bit more in the spot. So for that reason, we are going to be going with the Hanshin Tigers and we are going to be going with this total over as well. We move on to game number 304-113-304-114. You've got yourself the Fukuoka South Bay Cox, and they are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Oryx Buffaloes. You're going to be finding the Oryx Buffaloes as the biggest underdog out there on the MPB board. You're going to be finding them hovering anywhere between plus 175 and plus 180. Meanwhile, with the South Bay Cox, you're laying anywhere between minus 210 and as low as minus 197. Your total on this game is 8. The over and under are both at minus 110. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Rick Vandenerk, the former Marlin, is going to be going for the South Bangkok. Meanwhile, Sachia Yamasaki is going to be going for the Oryx Buffaloes. First things first, Yamasaki is a really fun last name to say. But now we get down to the brass tacks, and the fact of the matter is the Oryx Buffaloes bullpen continues to stink on ice. We saw this Wednesday morning. They just completely gas can the game. Now I will say this, with our good buddy with the very, very fun last name to say, He's not been bad. He's 27 years old. He's made two starts so far this year. He's went 10 innings. He has given up two bombs, but a 450 ERA. It's not a guy that you're going to be looking to and saying, oh my gosh, he's going to completely light the game on fire. But at the same time, he's not necessarily going to go out there and be flames either. This is someone that was a little bit more of a reliever during the 2019 season. A grand total of 36 appearances. A grand total of 54 innings. So there is that. He has been lengthened out a little bit because he was a little bit more of a star during the 2018 season which he had a 334 ERA. So this is a guy that he's able to fill a variety of roles. So far this year, he's given up right around seven walks per nine innings. So that's not necessarily ideal. But for his career out there in the MPB, he gives up right around one home run per nine innings. He doesn't necessarily have great swing and miss stuff. But with Rick Vandenberg, this is a guy that all of a sudden has become anxious because we remember he was playing for that Netherlands team when they were in like the World Baseball Classic. I think that that was in like 2006. Might have been 2007. I mean... That was a really long time ago, and the age is starting to show on him. He's got an ERA north of six. He has made three starts for the team so far this year. One and one record, 18 and a third innings. He's given up two home runs. He's been able to get 15 strikeouts, but this is a guy that all of a sudden is no spring chicken as he is now 35 years old. You take a look at what he did during the 2019 season. He made just eight starts for the team between the minors and the MPB Major League, so this is someone that he clearly has not been of good health. He's always been a good swing and miss guy out there in the MPB for his career. 9.7 punch outs per nine innings, so... That is certainly there, but you got to feel like at his advanced age, that is starting to wane. And this is a South Bank Hawks team that, let's put it to you this way. Bullpen, not good. Putting it very politely. They've got a bullpen ERA that's hovering right around five. And you just don't know what you're going to get from this offense from night to night because Wilmer Ballantine, he's right now hitting at 222 for the bunch. He's got five home runs, but all of his home runs have come in bunches. 
Rayoya Kuihara has been able to hit right around a 277 for this team. He's been able to give them four home runs. And then Yuki Yakanita has been able to hit eight home runs, 17 RBI. He's got a 354 batting average. But other than Takuya Kai, who's been able to hit a little bit above a 300, you really don't have a whole lot of other guys that have been able to perform so far this year. And then you take a look at what you're getting on the Oryx Buffaloes. You got to feel like Adam Jones at some point is going to be able to find it. This is a guy that's hitting right in the neighborhood of about a 250. He's been able to give the team three home runs so far this campaign. But how about Takahiro Okada? 5 home runs, 19 RBI. His on base is right around a 350. Ederlin Rodriguez has been able to do a solid job of getting on base. He's got 4 home runs. And then Masataka Yoshida has been able to hit a 354. So he has been able to come through in spades. And I do like the fact that the trustworthy bullpen arms of the Oryx Buffaloes are going to be available in this one. Tyler Higgins, along with Brandon Dixon, were not used in the team's loss Wednesday morning, so they are going to be available for this game. That is going to be very big for this team because Yu Suzuki actually gave the team a good start, and then they just put in there their gas can relievers, and from there, the South Bank Cox were able to pull the game open. I do think that we're going to see a little bit of a different result in this one. I do think that it's going to be a little bit higher scoring. I think that Vandenberg all of a sudden is going to start to give up on this. And for the Buffaloes, I do think that this is a spot in which they're going to once again be able to get a start that that is good, but not great. I do think that this is one of these situations and then in which you've got Mr. Yamasaki, who's going to wind up going like four or five innings, give up right around two to three runs. Bullpen from there is going to be able to piecemeal it together, keep them in the game. I think the Buffaloes have just enough offense to be able to get the job done. So for that reason, we are going to be going with this total over, and we are going to be circling the wagons by taking the plus price with the Oryx Buffaloes, and then this is the last game on the MPB betting board, and from there we are going to be going with the KBO betting board. We move on to 304-135, 304-136. The Ham Fighters of Nippon are going to be playing host to the Chiba Lote Marines. If you are taking a look at Chiba Lote, you're going to be laying a little bit of juice here. Anywhere between minus 125 and minus 130 with the Ham Fighters of Nippon. It is anywhere between plus 105 and plus 110. Your total on this game is 7.5. With the juice of 7.5, it is both at minus 110 for the over and the under. And your starting pitching matchup for this one. Drew Verhagen is going to be hitting the hill for the Ham Fighters. Meanwhile, Dakai Iwashita is going to be going for the Chiba Lote Marines. And you've got a showdown here of the two teams with the lowest batting average in the Pacific League. So that is something that you do want to note with the Ham Fighters. This is just a team that they haven't been able to generate a lot of offense. You do have to give them a little bit of credit. They were able to get things going in the team's win Wednesday morning. But by and large, this is a team that as a collective is sitting below a 220 on bases below a 300. And Chiba Lote, they have been hitting a 235 as a collective. They have been able to draw quite a few walks. And you do have to like the fact that Leonis Martin is starting to come on for this team. Home runs in back-to-back -back days. He now has five on the campaign. But where's Brandon Laird been? This is a guy that's hitting a 230 right now. Just been a hot mess for him so far this year. You've got Udai Fujioka, who's hitting below the Mendoza line, despite the fact that he does have an on-base of a 330. He just has not been able to put the bomb play. C.I. Anui has an on-base right around a 400. He's been able to provide four bombs, but this is a team that they've just been scuffling with the bats a little bit. You do have quite a few trustworthy bullpen arms that are going to be able to be relied upon for Chiba Lote. Jay Jackson, along with Frank Herman, should be available for this game, so that's certainly going to help them out a little bit, but Drew Verhagen is a guy that I think is badly underrated. This is someone that actually had a winning record for the Detroit Tigers during the 2019 season, 
And when I say winning record at Detroit Tigers, that typically is not the case, to say the least. He's made three starts so far this year. He's got a 441 ERA, 16 and a third innings. He does give up bombs. He's given up four so far this year, but he's only given up four walks and he's gotten 16 strikeouts. So that is very solid. And that has really been his MO throughout his MLB career, his minor league career. You take a look at what he's able to do in his MLB career across a couple different stints. 10 and 10 record, 5-11 ERA. His home runs per nine in the MLB was 1.3, but he does a good job of keeping the game out in front of him. He was given up right around three and a half walks per nine innings. It was a little bit lower out there in the minors. He's a decent swing and miss guy when it comes to a major league level, so he should be able to do a very solid job out here in the MPB. And you do have a couple guys that you're able to rely upon for some decent innings with the Ham Fighters. They do have a bullpen ERA that is hovering right around five, but they were able to do a good job of being able to manage that bullpen Wednesday morning. And now you've got Christian Villanueva, who's all of a sudden hitting. He wound up getting a late start to the year. He's only played seven games for the bunch, but now he's got two home runs, so he is really starting to find his groove. And what else you have to like about the Ham Fighters is the fact that you now have a couple other guys that are doing a little bit of a better job of being able to draw some walks. Show Nakata has an on-base percentage hovering right around 362. Seven home runs, 18 RBI, and then Tashi Oda has been just really scuffling for the team, a buck 89, but he's been able to do a little bit more recently, so I do think that there's going to be some promise there, but the big key is Kensuke Kondo. For the year, he's hitting right around a 239 on base of a 427. For some reason, he has just been walked left, right, and sideways. You take a look at what he was able to do during the 2019 season. This was a guy that hit a little bit above a 300. He does a very good job of being able to just be able to set the table for this bunch. If he's able to do a better job of being able to make some contact and he continues to be able to draw those walks, it is going to bode very well for the Ham Fighters. I do think that this has the potential of being a little bit of a lower scoring game. I do like what you're getting out of Drew Hagen in the spot. And and then when you take a look at Gibalote as well, this is a bunch that they've got a guy that you're able to really trust in, Iwashita. He's got a 2-0 record, 169 ERA. And for Gibalote, this is a team that they don't necessarily have the world's greatest bullpen, but at the same time, it certainly is one that, at the very least, is functional. And with Iwashita, I do think that he's starting to get lengthened out a little bit more. He's won 10 and two-thirds innings in his two starts so far this year. You take a look at what he did during the 2019 campaign. He was mostly at the Pacific League, being able to give the team a 364 ERA over the course of his 21 starts. He only gave the team 96 and a third innings, but he's now 23 years old, so I think he's going to be able to give the team right around six, maybe even a little bit more solid innings. It's going to be a lower scoring game, but I think that in the end, Ham Fighters get the job done. So we are going to be going with those Fighters of Ham, and we are going to be going with his total under as well. Now we go to the KBO betting board. As per usual, we're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order with these as well. That begins with 304, 631, 304, 632. LG Twins are going to be hitting the road, and they're going to be playing against the Giants of Lote. If you're looking at the Lote Giants, well, you're going to be getting a Lote of value with regards to a plus price. With Lote, you're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 150 and plus 165. Meanwhile, with the LG Twins, you are going to be laying anywhere between minus 170 and minus 180. Your total on this game is right in the neighborhood of 10.5. You're going to find the over of 10.5 anywhere between even and minus 105. Under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Giants of Lote. It is going to be one Sam Jung. Meanwhile, it's going to be 
Chen Hoon Zhang, who's going to be going for LG. You've got a battle of Jung and Jang in this one. And for Jung of the LG Twins, this is someone that was a former first-round pick in the 2008 KBO Draft that tells you that this guy's been around quite a bit. But he's been pretty solid for the team so far this year. A 4-1 record. He's been able to just do a good job of keeping the ball in the yard. He's won a grand total of 44 and two-thirds innings, four home runs, 42 strikeouts to 10 walks. So those are some very good splits. He has not allowed more than three earned runs in a start so far this year. He had one start, and it was ironically enough his first of the campaign in which he gave up five runs, but two of them were unearned. He has won at least six innings in every one of the starts. Aside from that first one of the campaign, he wound up being a little bit injured during the month of June, but he has come back and he's looked very good in his last start against Samsung. Six innings, gave up two runs in the process, seven strikeouts to one walk, so I do think that that's going to be very solid now with the LG Twins. Bullpen has been scuffling a little bit, and for Lote, this is a bullpen that sort of has been all over the place. It's functional, it's not great, it's not awful, but you take a look at Zhang, who's going to be getting the start in this one, yeah, boy, this is a guy that's at an advanced age of 37. He's got a 7.20 ERA in three starts. He has won a grand total of 15 innings. He has given up three home runs, and he's got four walks and four strikeouts. That is not ideal. His last start against Anwell was not too bad. He won six innings. He gave up two earned runs. He gave up four total runs. So that means that if you take a look at all three of his starts, he's given up at least four total runs in every one of them, and he's given up a grand total of three home runs in those starts as well. And it's just not a lot of redeeming qualities. I will say it's a little bit harder to be able to get home runs in Lote because the fences are pretty deep. That's why you see guys like Deho Lee. They're stuck on 10 home runs. He's got a little bit above a 300 batting average. You have to like the fact that Dixon Machado is hitting right around 8275 for this bunch as well. That has certainly been efficient. But then you take a look at the fact that Asup Sun is hitting a 357 for this bunch. That certainly is going to get the job done. But Dongi Han was very hot for this team. And he continues to be with regard to a power standpoint. He's got eight home runs. He hasn't necessarily been getting on base. It's been home run or bust for him. But then you take a look at what you're able to get out of the LG Twins. Hunsu Kim, the hit machine, has all of a sudden been able to come alive. Six home runs in the team's last 11 games, so he has been doing a very good job there, hitting a 325. Roberto Ramos still has an on-base with signs right around a 400 despite the fact that he's got two home runs over the team's last three weeks. G1O has been able to pick it up as well. 262 batting average, and Lee Sung Che is really who needs to be able to right the ship. He's hitting a 260. He's been in a little bit of a cold spell, but he's got a little bit of pop in the bat. I think that this is going to be a higher scoring game, but I have a whole lot more faith in the pitching of LG rather than a 37-year-old that, let's face it, has not been very good for Lotte so far this year. So for that reason, we are going to be going with the total over, and we are going to be going with the Twins of LG. Life is good. 304-633, 304-634. The heroes of Kiwoom are going to be playing host the NC Dinos. If you're looking at the Dinos, you're going to be finding them laying quite a bit of juice here. You're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 160 and minus 170. Meanwhile, with the Heroes, you're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 145 and you're going to be finding them as high as plus 150. Your total on this game is 10.5. The over is just a minus 105. The under is minus 115. Your starting pitching matchup, you've got Drew Rusinski, who's going to be going for the NC Dinos. Meanwhile, for the Kiwoom Heroes, it is going to be Sungun Moon, who's going to be going for the Kiwoom Heroes. With Mr. Moon, this has been mostly a reliever for the year. He wound up making his first start of the year against the Samsung Lions on July 8th, and it was a three-inning start at which he gave up one hit. He didn't give up any runs, and he's only given up two runs so far this year, but he has not went past three innings so far this year. He did not play at all in the KBO during the 2019 season. In the 2018 season, he made one appearance, so this is legitimately 
going to be the first time since 2015 since he went three or more innings if he winds up doing so on this day Thursday morning. So, I mean, this is something in which it's really a jury's out situation with the NC Dinos. No doubt they're a little bit banged up. Yuji Young wound up getting a day off at the beginning of the season, but you have to have a lot of faith in Drew Rosinski in this spot. He has been lights out for this team. A 2.30 ERA, that has been absolutely tremendous. He has only lost one of his starts. He has been able to do a good job of being able to limit those walks as well, which is so huge. He's been having right around 76 and a third innings to 27 walks in the process. 68 punch outs. He has given up six home runs, and we know this with the Kiwoo Miros. They do have a lot of pop in the back. Biongo Park has been able to give the team 16 home runs. He led the KBO in home runs during the 2019 campaign. Jungle Lee has been absolutely terrific with a 363 batting average, 10 home runs, 45 RBI. And then beyond that as well, loss in the sauces, Ha Seung Kim. 14 home runs, 48 RBI, nearly a 400 on base percentage. So you've got a whole lot of that going on. But for the NC Dinos, you've got Aaron Altair, who's Aaron Alteraristic all of a sudden. He's been hitting right around to 300. He's given the team 16 home runs, 56 RBI. He Dun Quan has been able to pick it up as well. His batting average is a little bit above a 300. I will say that Jin Sung Kong has went cold a little bit. And by cold, I mean that he's now hitting a 343. This is just a team that 1 through 9 is very fearsome. You're going to find maybe one guy that's hitting below a 270. But you've really got a good lineup there. Now, I will say this. With the NC Dinos, the bullpen... It's absolutely terrible. It's said last in the KBO with regards to ERA, but I do think that Rysinski is going to be able to chew up a bunch of good innings. And for Kiwoom, this is a team that they've got a solid bullpen, but with that said, they've been relying upon that bullpen for 15-plus outs in now five out of their last eight games. This is probably going to be six out of their last nine. I think that they've just taxed it a little bit too much, and they had to use a lot of their trustworthy relievers in the win Wednesday morning. So for that reason, we are going to be going with the NC Dinos in this spot, and I think it's going to be a higher-scoring game. We're going to take this total over as well. 304, 635, 304, 636. The Doosan Bears are going to be playing OCSK Wyverns. This is one of the more obscene prices that you're going to find in a game not involving the Anwa Eagles as the SK Wyverns are finding themselves anywhere between plus $3 and plus 345 underdogs. Meanwhile, with the Doosan Bears, you're going to be laying a whole lot of juice here. It is as high as minus 410. Right now, the lowest I'm seeing on the board is minus 370. Your total on this game is 10. Your over as juice of minus 115. The under is minus 105. And here's your starting pitching matchup as Chris Flexen is going to be going for the Doosan Bears. Meanwhile, you're going to be trotting out there some going back for the SK Wyverns. Who'd be stupid enough to trust in Sung Bung Beck, a guy that has made three appearances so far this year. He has a 70 RA. He's made one start so far this campaign in nine innings. He's given up four home runs. He does have nine strikeouts, but also nine walks to go with it. You'd have to be a complete moron to bet on this SK Wyverns team. The man behind this microphone is a complete moron because I see some value with the SK Wyverns. And the big reason why is because of the return of Dong Min Han. He threw 18 games, had six home runs for this team. He was really getting things going for the year. He's hitting right around a 300. He all of a sudden is back in the fold. You combine him with... Ji-Hoon Choi has been able to get on base with right around at 350 OBS. Certainly not a power guy, but he does a solid job of being able to just set the table for the team that's big. And I do think that Jamie Romack at some point is going to be able to turn it around. He's got a 375 on base, only 11 home runs. But Jung Choi has an on base right around at 415. He's been able to go deep 12 times. So all of a sudden, you've got a little bit more power in the lineup for the SK Wyverns. The bullpen has actually been quite decent for this team. It's not necessarily great, but it's not going to light the game on fire. And Jung Bin Kim has actually been 
on one of your more trustworthy relievers with a buck 32 ERA. So if you get in a close game, he's going to be available. Meanwhile, the Doosan Bears, they've got one of the worst bullpens out there in the KBO. And with Chris Flexen, this is a guy that you just don't know what you're going to be able to expect from this team from game to game. He spent a little bit of time on the injured list a few weeks ago. And his last four starts have been very inconsistent. Last time he faced off against the SK Wyverts, it was pretty solid. Six innings, gave up two runs, but obviously that was with a little bit of a hobble lineup. But over the course of his last three starts, he has went a grand total of 16 innings, giving up 10 runs, all of which were earned in the process. He does a good job of being able to limit walks. He has given up two walks or fewer in now five out of his last six starts. But with that said, this is a guy that he just winds up burning up a lot of pitches, trying to be able to get punch outs. And that's why he winds up being able to go six innings or fewer. And then you get into that bullpen. And we do know this with Doosan. Obviously, you've got a bunch of guys that are doing a great job of being able to get on base. Jose Miguel Fernandez, along with Kung Min Her, both have a batting average above a 360. And then you've got Yu Chan Lee, who's hitting at 370 as well. JLO is hitting at 345. You've got to love the fact that KBO MVP from 2018, J Wan Kim, has been able to hit a 286 on base, nearly a 411 home runs, 54 RBI. That's all well and good, but I do think that SK is going to be able to get a functional performance here out of the bullpen. Call me crazy, but I think that Beck is going to be able to give the team a little bit of something. You take a look at what he did during the 2000. 2019 season as a reliever. He had more of a round at 233 ERA. He's been a little bit out of sorts so far this year, but I think he's going to be able to get the job done. Keep in mind with his ERA, all these games have come against the Doosan Bears and the NC Dinos, so he has had no cupcakes to deal with with that regard, and I think that he's going to be able to do just enough to keep SK in this game. I think that they're going to wind up winning a little bit of a lower scoring one, so we are going to be going with the Wyverns and this total under. We move on to game number 304, 637, 304, 638. These Samsung Lions are going to be playing with the Kia Tigers. If you're looking to lay it with the Kia Tigers, well, I'll see it in a Kia with a bunch of juice. It is anywhere between minus 165 and minus 165. 70 with the Lions of Samsung. You're going to be getting plus 150 in your total on this game. It is 10.5. With the over of 10.5, you're going to be finding it anywhere between minus 110 and minus 118. Under is anywhere between minus 102 and minus 110. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Samsung Lions, it is first round pick of the 2020 KBO draft. Hoondong Hugh is going to be going for them. Meanwhile, Hung Jung Yang is going to be going for the Kia Tigers. And for Yang, it has just been a terrible year. 565 ERA. 5-5 five five record. Over the course of 63 and two-thirds innings, he has given up nine home runs. To put that into context, during the 2019 campaign, he won 184 and two-thirds innings and gave up six. Other than Josh Lindblom, he was arguably the best pitcher in the KBO during the 2019 campaign. Now he has given up eight runs in two out of his last four starts. He has given up at least five runs in three out of his last four. Now I will say, he has been victimized by some unearned runs recently as well, but with that said, he has also given up a grand total of six home runs over his last four starts. But with that said, the good news is he's going up against a guy in Hugh who has been just so lucky. And I think that this is going to be a nice point of regression. And we saw a kick in against the KT Wiz, a.k.a. Smiling Blobs, in his last start. This is the same guy that he made his debut against the Lote Giants. And he's trying the bases loaded in his first two career innings. In his third career inning, he got men on second and third with one out, straightening them both on. And he's just been doing it all year long. He's got a 2-1-1 record with a 4-1-5 ERA. And it's magical that he's been able to do so. Over the course of six starts, he's given the team 26 innings, 13 strikeouts to 18 walks. And yet he's got that 4-1-5 ERA with the 2-1-1 record. Ladies and gentlemen, something has to give. So O wound up blowing the save slash the hold for the team 
in their game Wednesday morning. So that is burnt up for the Samsung Lions. By and large, your bullpen has been pretty solid. And for the Kia Tigers, this is a team that they can be a little bit inconsistent with their offense. Preston Tucker was very hot last week. So far this week, it's not necessarily been there. But what you have to like about the Kia Tigers as well is that all of a sudden, their ageless wonders have been able to get going. G1 Na has been able to give the team three home runs over their last seven games. And then you had to like the fact that Hung Woo Choi had a big home run in the ninth inning for the team in their win Wednesday morning. You aren't getting a lot out of Ho Rung Kim, who's hitting a 245. He was white hot when he came off the injured list. He has been fanning a little bit, but Chano Park has been able to give the team a pair of home runs over the team's last seven games. He's hitting right around 255, so you've got some functional guys there. And for the Samsung Lions, this is a team that they do a great job of getting on base. They don't necessarily do a great job of being able to hit the ball out right now. Min Kung leads the team in home runs. He's got eight of them. And then you just take a look. I think that you've got like six guys on the roster with between five and seven home runs. Tyler Saladino's back in the fold. That's going to be big for this team. 414 on base percentage. And then you do have to like the fact that Sun Tzu Kim has been doing all that. He's doing 327 batting average, 433 on base. He has as many home runs as I do, though, as well. He does a nice job of being able to draw walks. He doesn't necessarily punch out very much, but then you've got Hak Ju Lee, who's been a little bit all over the place. He was a little bit banged up a few weeks ago. He's seen his batting average dip to a 260. I think that this is a spot in which two of the better bullpens out there in the KBO are going to be able to get the job done. I think that Hugh is going to get lit up a little bit, and the lines from there are going to be able to salvage, but I think that Yang is going to be able to give a good start for the Kia Tigers, and they're going to be able to get the job done. So we're going to see it in a Kia. We're going to take it with the Tigers, and we're going to take this total under... And now we move on to our final game, 304-639-304-640. The KT Woods, better known as our good buddies, the Smiling Blobs. You know what? They're not the Smiling Blobs. They're our Smiling Blobs. And they are going to be playing OC Anwa Eagles. If you're looking at the Anwa Eagles, you are going to be getting a plus price here. Once again, shock, shock, surprise, surprise. If you're looking at the Eagles, you're going to be getting anywhere between plus 220 and plus 230. Meanwhile, if you're looking at our good buddies, the Smiling Blobs, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 265 and I'm seeing as low as a minus 256 out there as well. And your total on this game, it is 9.5 and, and the juice is all over the place. The over is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 120. Meanwhile, the under is anywhere between even a minus 115. Your starting pitching matchup for this one, William Cuevas is going to be going for the Blobs. Meanwhile, Min Woo Kim is going to be going for the Anwa Eagles. I'm not going to waste any time right now. If you're looking at the Smiling Blobs run line, you're going to be finding it at a lot of places right around minus 150. I'm seeing a couple minus 145s out there as well. And I do think that Cuevas is going to be able to do a very good job here for KT. Ever since he's come off the injured list, he's been very solid. Prior to going on the injured list, he certainly was not great, but... In his four starts ever since coming back, he has actually been doing a solid job. A grand total of eight runs given up. He has given up two runs or fewer in three out of those starts as well. He's only given up one home run, and he has been given up a couple walks. That is something that you do want to note. He's given up eight walks in those four starts. But by and large, he has been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to keep the game out in front of him. He has won three out of those starts, so he has been able to do his job. We do know this. The smiling Bob bullpen is not necessarily great. And then you take a look at Min Woo Kim. He's got a 2-5 and five record, 437 yards. I will say this. He has been looking very good recently as he has given up three earned runs or fewer in each out of his last four starts. But I think that the smiling blobs are going to be able to get to him in his last start against the Blobios. He wound up giving up three runs, two of which were earned over the course of five innings. And for Kim, what's been big for him is that he's given up zero home runs over his last four starts. In his prior three starts, he had given up a combined six. So, tale of two seasons, I think it's going to resell. And with the Anwa Eagles, you've got a bunch of guys that... Well, they don't necessarily go yard. You've got one guy on the roster with more than four home runs so far this year. And I will say this, for Anwa, 
you do have quite a few guys that they've been doing a much better job of being able to get on base. So they've been doing a lot of small ball with guys like Ju Saka getting, getting the team a little bit above a 300 batting average. Taegun Kim has been able to give the team a little bit with regards to driving runs in, 23 RBI. And then Jin Hong Choi, 6 home runs, 17 RBI. He has been the main form of power for this team. But then you take a look at our good buddies, the Smiling Blobs. You've got my man Mel Rojas. He's got 21 home runs. He's right there for the KBO lead with regards to RBI. And then you've got Pekko Kong, a guy that's missed a couple weeks so far this year, but he's still hitting a 320 on base of a 412 home runs, 36 RBI. Han Jun Yu has a batting average that's hovering right around a 308. This is a team that they do just an absolutely terrific job of getting on base with guys like Jung Dae Bae along with Young Ho Joe, who both have an on-base percentage above a 395, both are hitting at least a 320. And what that means is that when Mel Rojas, along with Beko Congo Yard, they're typically two and three run shots. And it's a big reason why our Bob friends are all of a sudden back in the playoff picture. A game and a half out of the five spot. They're 30 and 30. They have won 11 out of their last 15 games. I think they make it 12 out of 16. I think that they are going to be able to take it to Hanwha. I think that this is a spot in which Kim's luck really runs out. I think that it's going to be a spot in which he gives up multiple home runs. I think the smiling blobs take it to him. So we are going to be going with the blobs on the run line. And we're going to be taking this total over. And that will wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this Wednesday afternoon slash Thursday morning. A big thanks to Curtis Rogers of 710 ESPN out there in Seattle and Seattle Mariners pre and post game work for joining me in the second segment. If you like what you're hearing out of this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you ever have any questions for the podcast, right during my timeline, it's 41. Hope you're all safe, healthy, and doing well, and I will talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.